Welcome to Dragged Out. I'm Joseph Shepard. Now, each week we dive into one-on-ones with some of your favorite queens who just may have happened to go home a little too early on RuPaul's Drag Race. Today's guest is Miss Continental 2013 and was on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 8. Please welcome Nasha Lopez. Hey, hey. Hey, what's up? I've been noticing on your Instagram, you all these pictures that you've been putting up, like thirst trap galore. <laughs> like, if anybody wants like a good show, you need to go to Nasha Lopez's Instagram and just look because Jesus, you you've been bulking up. Yeah. So uh, what it is is um, I'm actually getting ready for Mister Continental. <gasps> Yeah, I've decided that I want to be the first person to ever win a national title for both male and female. So um, it's never been done before. It's never happened in any national at any national level. So I am working my butt off to make that happen. So, so you said, you know, Mr. Continental, and you won Miss Continental in 2013. What is the biggest difference between Mr. Continental and Miss Continental? There isn't really a huge difference with the exception of, you know, the, the pageantry, uh, the glamour that comes around, you know, with, that comes along with Miss. Um, you know, Mr., you know, like evening wear and swimsuit is all a little bit more to do. It's, it's not as glam and, and crazy and stones and this and that. Um, but um, I have to say that the preparation Body-wise, it's a little tougher for Mister because for so long I like avoided lifting weights and putting on any muscle just because of my drag aesthetic. So that's been challenging. Uh, but for the most part, it's pretty much the same because you know, for Miss, I had to you know I wanted to slim down and so you diet and do exercise. But this is just like on another level. When you have to go through through Mr. Continental. Is it supposed to be more masculine involved? Like you're not supposed to have any aesthetic of uh, drag in it? That's kind of like my platform. Um, I want to normalize Mr. Contest to allow uh, male contestants to be themselves. I want, I want mm-hmm. guys to be able to come and if they want to throw on a lash, let them throw on a lash. If, they want to uh, throw on a clear gloss or something, you know, just normalize people being authentic to themselves uh, when presenting themselves. And because I know there's so many guys that would do Mr. that don't present masculine, but aren't really doing drag either. I think it will allow more contestants. For sure. And I think that like you, you know, when you come out in your swimwear, you should have your you know, your body just dazzled out in sequins, you know, just have your little stones like around your, around your pecs, around your abs, like highlight, highlight the abs and highlight the pecs. And so then, you know, even if, even if your training doesn't go well, you still have, you still have the sequins. (laughs) I do have a gimmick. I always have a gimmick, especially for swimsuits. I'm super excited for y'all to see the the gimmick because it's, You're of Puerto Rican heritage, right? Correct. I sure am. Were you born in Puerto Rico? I wasn't. I was I was actually born here in Chicago. And then uh, my mom decided, my mom and dad decided to move to Puerto Rico. Um, so I was in Puerto Rico till I was about maybe seven or eight years old. Um, so actually my first language was Spanish. Um, I started school in Puerto Rico. Um, I have lots of family there and um, that's why I was able to like retain the language and, and whatnot. And when did you decide, hey, you know what? I think that like, it is time to drag myself out. Uh, oh my God. I mean, I, I feel like my story is not really that unique because I feel like this, is, this has happened with many queens. It, it's total fluke, total accident. I was not trying to be a drag queen. It was not even in my radar. Like, I was not going to be a queen. Uh, on the contrary, I was like, what is this drag shit all about? Like, really? These are guys. And like, like, I was not about it. And um, I was dancing for a drag queen. 
comes back up dancing to a drag queen and she's like, you need to do this amateur contest we have coming up and, you know, you're a dancer, so you'll, you know, you need to do this. And yeah, you, I'm sure you'll win, blah, blah, blah. And um, so I got up in gigs, but I didn't do it. Like someone did my makeup, someone gave me a costume, someone gave me a wig. Like they all just like convinced me to do this. And so I did it. And I ended up winning the contest, and then it kind of like, I was like in front of a mirror, like, oh my God, like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even know how to take it all in. Um, and then a friend of mine had a show and was like, hey, why don't you come perform? Like, we'll pay you. And I'm like, really? Like, okay, I got a paid gig, what? So then I just kind of started doing it regularly and it kind of just stuck. I mean, it obviously stuck. I mean, because it, you, how did you even get into the pageant world from that? Like, was it just something that came natural? Well, you know, it's so funny because it's like, it, everything was an accident. Like my first drag name, which I don't even think I've ever shared this with anyone. That's like my, my drag, <laughs> oh, so ugly. My first drag name was Cece. Like, <laughs> like C-I-C-I. I mean, because I was, not, this wasn't going to be a serious thing. It was like, yeah, you're Cece. And I, it was like such a like, and anyone who's listening and their name is Cece, please don't get <laughs> Because I know there's a couple of Cece queens out there. Yeah, so it was Cece because it wasn't even supposed to be like serious. Um, but after I got painted, someone had, did my makeup her name is china is what we call her. her name is kim but we used to call her china and she's this brilliant makeup artist she owed one of my friends like a huge favor and she's like oh you have to paint this queen's mug and she had left my mug like here so i'm like oh my god this is kind of like sickening now mind you it took me years to even get close to what she did to my face but it just it, it kind of stuck and my friends were like you need to do this again and blah 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 and um, I had decided to go to uh, Miss Continental pageant because I was going to dance for somebody, actually, is what I was doing. I was working. I didn't know what Miss Continental was. And so when I went to the pageant and I saw what it was, I fell in love with it because I had already been, like, in love with pageantry in itself, like Miss Universe, Miss USA. Um, my sister is a former Miss Puerto Rico. So pageantry has always been around. Um, and then... I found this outlet. I'm like, oh my God, like I can do this. And so then I started doing it. And that's how I got into the whole pageantry thing. Wow. I mean, and you did, you end up winning, you know, as I said, Miss Continental in 2013. And then you're, you're in also in this show. I don't know if you know this, you're on season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. Did you know yeah. that? <laughs> All of 15 minutes. Yes. <laughs> No, no, no. That, there, there was more than 15 minutes. There have been a lot of articles and stuff coming out recently about like the, the heavy price of, you know, Drag Race and how is it becoming like, as each season comes on, the standard kind of goes higher, the outfits go higher. When you auditioned for Drag Race and when your time on the show, was the money that you spent for Miss Continental more expensive or was Drag Race more expensive? Um, it, it varies because, you know, I competed MS Continental more than once, you know, there mm -hmm. were, um, where I did huge productions with 10 dancers and a set and flew 10 dancers from Puerto Rico. I mean, it just spends a crazy amount of money. And then for drag race, it was, it, it, you know, they give you a list and they're like, you know, get this, get that. But the thing about the list and drag race is that. The, you're limited to five suitcases. When you're limited to five suitcases, it's like, do I take the headpiece? Okay, that headpiece is one suitcase. <laughs> or do I take it? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So it really doesn't come down to what you're spending. It's like, what can I take? Because I'm limited to these five suitcases. So I don't know if, if they're still doing the whole five suitcases thing. But uh, yeah, I, I did spend a lot of money, though, for, for Drag Race. Um, I had beautiful clothes that I didn't end up even using. Yeah, I did spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> you, I had heard you had auditioned since season one. Is that true? 
Okay, so um, I did an audition every season. I auditioned season one. So I auditioned season one, and then you're going to get, like, some good dirt right now because I haven't (laughs) told this to anyone, but I auditioned for season one, and um, whatever. I I actually, we had, there were going to be, I think it was 12 girls, and then the 12 girls got cut to eight. I made the 12 girls, but then they cut it to eight, and I didn't make the eight. So that was that. Uh, We ended up getting, like, this little card in the mail and, like, with a little explanation and signed, like, by RuPaul and whatnot. So we got that. Then I had auditioned again. And when I had auditioned, um, I got on and someone, I called someone um, who had previously been on. And I believe this was, like, season three or four. I think it was four, actually. Um, so I had uh, called this person who had been on and said, hey, there's this, like, psychiatric evaluation. What is this about? Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, you know, they kind of explained it to me. I'm like, okay, cool. So this person knew that I was going through this audition process and that I was going to be on. And this person created a fake email account pretending to be me and started to solicit the sponsors of the show, asking for a breastplate, asking for costumes, asking for wigs, saying, I'm going to be on the show. Can you send me some wigs? Can you send me a breastplate? One of the first things in the contract, it says that you cannot solicit to anyone for any products and blah, blah, blah. You're not supposed to even be on the show, da, 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 da. And it's immediate, I don't want to say disqualification, but, you know, like you're, you're taken off the roster, I guess, immediately. And so you you know this rule, like it's the main rule. It's like I'm there in the contract. So I got a phone call from the producers of the show and they were like, hey, uh, who have you told that you're on the show? And I'm like, nobody. And they're like, well, we just got some emails forwarded to us from our sponsors that you're solicitating uh, products. You're asking for this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I'm not asking for anything. They're like, well, unfortunately, at this point, we're just not going to have you on anymore. Um, you weren't supposed to tell anyone this is breach of contract. And so they told me they were not going to have me. And they're like, and then we're going to have someone from our legal team give you a call so you can explain exactly what happened and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I was, I mean, I was like destroyed. I was so destroyed. I'm like, I cannot believe that this just happened. So they called me and they're like, hey, is this your email? I'm like, that's not me. I never sent those emails and blah, blah, blah. You know, but they had already made their decision. They had moved on. So I got a call after production and they had told me that the IP address to the original, to the email that they had been contacting me the whole time was different from the other one that was solicitating all these, all these products and stuff. And so that they did believe that it wasn't me and that if I was interested in auditioning in a future season, that I would be welcome to do so. And so then after that, I was just, I was so bitter about it. I'm like, like, I can't believe this happened to me. Like, I don't, I don't even want to audition ever again. So I didn't, I didn't audition again and I left it alone. And then I won Miss Continental. And then RuPaul's Drag Race called me and they were like, um, so, hey, did you want to audition? They're like, what's your tea? Like, what do you want to do? Um, you're Miss Continental, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, I'm Miss Continental. I have to finish my reign. Um, I, I can't just leave to be on Drag Race, even though it's an amazing opportunity. But mind you, this time, I'm, I'm kind of living and feeling my oats and like, oh, yeah, now y'all motherfuckers calling me knowing damn well. <laughs> that <laughs> I told you from the beginning that it wasn't me and now y'all calling me because I'm Miss Continental that's why but I was like I just can't if if anything maybe next year I'll I'll audition or whatever but I just right now I'm Miss Continental and I can't and I had worked way too hard as Miss Continental to win to to then have a shitty reign and leave you know I have a short reign and go film and then come back and so I just I, I wasn't ready to do that uh, for something that I worked so hard for. And then the following year, they're like, they gave me a call again. And they're like, hey, do you want to get a tape together? Um, let us know. And I'm like, sure. And I, I didn't put all that much like effort into it because I kind of felt like they just really wanted me to send something, but they were going to like invite me. Yeah. And 
And so I just, you know, I just did kind of the basics, what the requirements were. And then they're like, okay, so you're on, here's the list and let's get you ready and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's my story on how I got on Drag Race. That is so insane to me. I'm so surprised that you even decided to do that after that. You literally had, you probably had RuPaul in the back on like an ancient computer trying to check IP addresses. Probably like, like, I, that is crazy to me. Like, do you, do you think like looking at those seasons, like season one and then this other season that you were supposed to be on, do you think that you would have done better or fare better in those seasons if you had actually been on? Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that everything just happened the way it happened. Yeah, I'm not mad at the way things happen. I'm okay with what season I got on. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I think I probably would have done a lot better at an earlier season because I feel like the expectations were a lot less. And there were people that had that were just share my same drag aesthetic that got away with a whole lot and doing a whole lot less um, and made it further because they did rely on their beauty and body and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think I probably would have done much better if I was on a different season. By my season, it was like, if your personality isn't over the top, if you're not a fucking comedian, if you're not, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it was just different, you know? Season seven was such a look season. You had fame, you have Violet, that they were like, okay, we're over the fashion, we're over the beauty. Like, we need personality and we need a funny bitch and we need some good content, you know? And so it was, for me, it was like the wrong season because it was like after a season of beauties, which I was in shit compared to what had, you know, what had just happened, you know what I mean? <laughs> You were like, that was my season. I should have been like, like, what? like that's the look season. That's where it counted. Um, you you said that this said person in either season three or season four fucked you over. Did you ever confront them about it? It's funny because, you know, I, I had an idea. I mean, I had an idea of who it was. And then that person had actually came out and confessed about it to uh, my boyfriend at the time, my ex-boyfriend. He ended up telling him and um, he came back and he, you know, he told me like, hey, you know, that thing that you suspected and what you thought He's like, you're, you're right. It's he, he actually told me about it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah, so I know who it was. And I look at where I am in life. And I look at where he is in life. And I am perfectly fine with everything that has happened. You're like, I miss continental. I'm now about to be Mr. Continental. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck that. Yeah. And, and you end up on the show, you walk through the door, the beauty, the grace, you had everything there. Did you know any of those queens before you walked into the workroom? Um, I knew I knew Kim Chi. Um, I knew Cynthia. I knew Cynthia. So Cynthia and I uh, had competed uh, at Continental before, um, and um, so we we knew each other from the pageant circuit. And I think that was it. And then Kim, because you know Kim is from Chicago, and Kim, it was so funny because I had a I had a show here at uh, at a club here in Chicago, and. I was leaving on Tuesday and it was Sunday and I was like at an after hours and Kim was at the after hours and I'm like, I'm leaving Tuesday. And if she is on, then she should be leaving sometime this week as well. So I remember going up there at the party and I'm like, Hey, at the after hours, I'm like, Hey girl, I'm like, Hey, can I book you next week? And she's like, Oh, I'm already booked next week. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, what about the following week? Oh, um, I'm in Michigan. Well, what about the following? She's like, I'm not sure when I'm going to be back from Michigan. I'm like, bitch, you are trying it. I'm, I'll see you next week at Drag Race, girl. Um, but yeah, so I kind of had that I that idea that Kim was going to be on. So that was no surprise. Her and, and Cynthia were the only ones that I, I knew. Oh, and Derek. I had met Derek before. Yeah, I think everybody see Derek at some point. Yeah. You know, just yeah. just trying to, trying to live that Britney fantasy still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you literally got got onto our TV screens, and one of the first things that you said, I'm still shooketh by it, was that you were talking about having sex and drag on like your first day. Oh my like, god! Yeah. <laughs> 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 one, 
one, what made you say that on TV? And two, what is sex like in drag? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, well, they brought it up because Chi Chi actually was talking about her relationship. Uh, Chi Chi, may she rest in peace. I love her to death. Uh, she was talking about, Chi Chi was a hornball, by the way. And she was always talking about sex, like all the time. And Kim, believe it or not, as virgin as she claimed that she was, I don't know if she still is, but she would say she's a virgin. And she is also a little hornball because she's the one that brought it up and said, have you ever had sex in drag? She asked the question. I mean, I contemplated not answering honestly, but I'm like, nah, I'm like, ah, what fun is that? But yeah. Um, I answered honestly, and what is it like? <laughs> I can't believe I'm even answering this, but okay. So think of a guy that you really have like always wanted to hook up with and you finally do. So you're like trying to show up like you are doing the most. That's kind of like having sex and drag because it's like, if you're having sex in drag, it's because they want you to be in drag, right? So you're going to use, you are going to toss hair. You are going to be arching back. You are going to be doing the absolute most. Um, and so that's kind of like what it is. It's kind of like performing. <laughs> I, you say that I never even thought about that. And now that you're saying that, I'm like, I guess it would be a performance. Like, I was just in visualizing like a cock destroyer getting like destroyed by a cock <laughs> and like mascara throwing down her face. But that's totally oh God, not no. the vibe now. No, that's not the vibe. You still want to be pretty at the, at the end. I'm like, I'm barely kissing. I'm like, you are not fucking up my lips. Like, no, that's just not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Reviews, they are everything. Whether it be a podcast review, food review, any time that you can read what another person's experience is, you kind of feel like, hey, you know what? Like, I understand where you're coming from. It can help you make some of the biggest decisions that you have to make in your life. And when it comes to finding healthcare, ratings matter even more. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. ZocDoc is an app where you can compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients. So you can find and book highly rated local doctors. It has been so eye-opening just to be able to see where I'm going to go before I actually go there because I normally have always dreaded going to the doctor before I ended up using ZocDoc. So just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or by video chat. You never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again because nobody likes the hold music. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. So now is your time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and Book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash exposed. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. The first challenge for you guys, which I feel really bad about, was a lovely <laughs> design challenge you had. Those don't even exist anymore, really. And you, you get it right off the bat. You, had you not had any experience in sewing before that? Um, I mean, like, like little things, um, you know, like I can make like little adjustments to certain clothes Well, at the time, at the time, just like very little things. Um, but I also had like patterns with me that I know, you know, it's like, I had like patterns where they were like labeled one, two, and three. And it's like, okay, you're going to attach one and two here and three here. I, I mean, I'm not a dumb bitch. I knew what I had to do, but the problem was that I had these unconventional things that I had to create an outfit from. And, um, you know, everyone's design challenge was different. Someone had to do candy. 
All they have to do is glue some candy on a corset and they were all set. You know what I mean? I had garbage, little garbage, just like, all, and that was the challenging part for me because um, as sewing is not my forte, now I got to do it with things that are just not conventional, you know? Yeah. And this is, and this goes to anyone listening that's ever going to audition for, for Drag Race. You never tell them what your weaknesses are because that is how they control the narrative. You never, I should have never said that I could not sew because the second that I said, I don't know how to sew, that's that you, you fuck yourself up right there. Cause then that's where they're like, okay, so we got to get her to do this. When we need her to go, this is what she got to do. So it, it, it's very that you stay strong and you fake it till you make it, but never reveal what your weaknesses are. You should have said, um, I struggle very hard walking down a runway. I do not know what that's like. I've never worn, I've never worn heels in my life. Yes, I, I should have. I, I really should have. So you end up in the bottom two against Layla McQueen. You have to sing this applause song. Girl, I got to be honest. Did you know the words? I knew like maybe 80% of the words. <laughs> you know, the thing about lip syncing some, like when you're, when you try to learn a song, like, like I, I didn't perform to Lady Gaga, like I did, or that mm -hmm. song, like that's not a song that I performed to where Lila, uh, Lila, well, I should call her Lila. That's what RuPaul calls her anyway. So fuck it, <laughs> Lila. Uh, <laughs> When, uh, it, it's a song that Layla does, you know what I mean? Um, but I, when you're trying to learn a song, uh, it's easier when this, when the words like make sense mm -hmm. or like, it says like, he broke my heart. When you know that if he broke something, it's going to be your heart. You know, that's the next word kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, the applause makes no fucking sense. <laughs> it makes no <laughs> I was, I'm like, oh, why am I not getting this? And I'm like, well, because it fucking doesn't make any sense. I don't even know what these words mean. So that was the challenge with that. Not to mention, I was just like, I don't even think I'm, do I really think I'm going to be in the bottom? And everyone's like, oh, girl, you're not going to be in the bottom. They're never going to send the prettiest one home first. That's never going to happen. And in my head, I just kept saying, that's exactly what's going to happen. Because they, no one's going to expect it. So yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And sure enough, yeah, that's what happened. And sure enough, it did. And then yeah. you go home. The second episode ends up happening. There is a tragic lip sync between Dax and Layla. And uh. all of a sudden, there's Rue has to, to, to make a little phone call. And you get brought back. But the thing is, is that when I was talking to Layla, Layla said that you had already gone home home. I went home. I actually got home. My mom was waiting at the door with like four bottles of wine, getting ready to get lit with me and just talk about this horrible experience that I just had. And they called me and were like, hey, would you be open to coming back? And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I literally just like walked in my door. And they're like, would you be interested in coming back? And I'm like, looking at my mom, like, and she's like, well, yeah, go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not even unpacked. Yeah, I'll go, you know? And um, she explained to me, she goes, Rue, well, first off, when I got eliminated, it wasn't like no, no one was looking at Lila, like, uh, Layla, oh my God, I'm going to keep calling her Layla. <laughs> it's not like everyone was looking at Layla, like, oh, it's a victory for Layla. It was like, what just happened right now? Like, how did, how is Nisha going home right now? Like, this is just, it, it, the whole tone in the room was super sad. Everyone was like heartbroken by it. I was heartbroken by it. Um, and I think everyone felt how much I wanted it and that I, you know, I just, I didn't want to go home and whatnot. And it really did have an effect, I think, on everyone on production. Um, and then to see these two drag queens give not mediocre, but poor, horrible, horrendous lip sync. Like, we just sent this talented queen home to leave you two bitches here? Seriously? Like, this is what you guys are serving right now? Like, and I think that Rue was just upset. She was, like, really 
pissed. Um, and she told me, she's just like, hey, Rue, um, she kind of threw us for a loop. She wants to bring you back. Um, she's just disappointed with the lip sync that just happened. And I'm like, well, who lip syncs? And she's like, well, you'll find that out when you get here. But um, she was just really disappointed and she wants to bring you back. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I will come back. And the very next day, I was, I was back. I, you know, they flew me back. That is insane that you actually were still not in that hotel and you are actually home. That, like, that's, that's a pretty damn big deal. Well, yeah, well, I, now I will tell you this. I didn't go home. Like, it wasn't like I got eliminated and then I went home. I got eliminated and it was torture because they decided that during production, we were going to film the promo. So I had to film the entire promo been having a limit like I had already been eliminated so I had to do not only the promo but meet the queens I had everything everything I had to do everything and I had just been eliminated the day before so it was horrible and then they don't want me to talk to anyone so then the tone on set is nation's bitter girl and then acid betty is like I caught acid betty talking shit like oh she's bitter she's pissed and I'm like arrive to come around the corner i'm like girl no one's bitter they told me not to talk to you motherfuckers like i can't talk to you guys they didn't want us to talk to each other because you know they want everything to be done on camera and all this crap and blah 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 but it, it wasn't bitterness it was just i couldn't talk to anyone and they weren't allowed to talk to me and it was kind of crazy having to do all that and they're like so <laughs> the question's like so what do you think you're gonna bring to the plate or whatever i'm like well, nothing. I'm, I went home already. Like every, I would say shit like that, and everyone would just start laughing. And they're like, "Okay, but now you gotta give us your real answer." And I'm like, "You, ha you guys have no idea how challenging this is right now." So yeah, so I did all that. I think I'm gonna have to go and watch these new All Star Six promos and see who seems the most angry. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because you know what? They just filmed theirs like maybe two weeks ago or something like that, three mm -hmm. weeks ago, when everything had already been done. So, yeah, take a look and see who's, who's pissed and who's real happy and who's just doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so you come back to the show. And another thing that Layla said, which you can either confirm or deny. That, oh, God. She said that she had to stay in the hotel room after the elimination because I guess that she said that she was eliminated on like a Tuesday and they were filming confessionals or whatever on Saturday. And she said that I guess when she was about to leave, leave that there was like a knock on her door and it was like all the Queens and she had no idea that you were back. And so she saw you for the first time in that group of people, but she said that you had asked her for a pair of heels that you wanted for your Madonna runway and she ignored you and basically did not give them to you because she was like, fuck you. Absolutely. Um, so I came back and uh, we, we did, I didn't knock on the door, but you know, some of the girls like had knocked on the door and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't even like shady or anything. There was a certain, feeling of victory i guess but it but not even that because it it, it 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 was a little bit more like oh i sent nisha home like it was like a thing you know what i mean and for her to be like excited or like be like oh i sent her home and then i came back and then it was kind of a slap in the face to her you know what i mean um yeah. because it was like wait 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 i sent you home why are you here again wait now i'm going home and the way i kind of looked at it was like this is what you get for your the energy and vibe that you were giving and you manifested like you manifested this because I never I, I never looked at it's a competition yes but I don't it's not like you come into it wishing or wanting or like to send people home or be that way and I and for a split second I thought I think that she was that way and then I decided to be that way and I'm like well girl you know you're not using those boots why don't you let me use them I mean you're not gonna be on the runway so it was kind of something like that because that's kind of the energy that I was getting from her at one point. So I was just serving it back. That was it. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I mean, you did serve it back. You ended up breaking the curse. You didn't go home that next episode. Right. Which you, you broke the, the drag race bring back 
uh, curse. And looking at your time on the show, what do you think the most positive thing to come from your time on the show is? To me, the most positive thing that's come from me being on the show is just, it's the traveling, the meeting new people, the being in new places, being exposed to, to new audiences and fans and and even meeting a lot of the, the drag race girls and, and the, I call them resident divas. I hate the word local drag queens because these girls travel as well. But, you know, the resident divas that live in, their, in, in these cities that we go to, that to me has been probably the most uh, rewarding thing to come um, from drag race. Um, I'm not going to say sisterhood because some of these bitches are fake as hell. <laughs> I, I know a lot of them. I've known a lot of them. And the ones that I, that I still talk to and that are friends of mine have always been friends of mine and that I have made new ones. I still communicate with those are those are sisters and that sisterhood didn't come from just drag race that just comes from you know drag and, and the adversities so that's just something else now one of uh your fans had a fan question from you and relating to the sisterhood aspect they wanted to know compared to drag race this is from el palito he wants to know compared to drag race what's the sisterhood like in the pageant game in the pageant game, one of my best friends um, in the whole wide world is a former Miss Continental. Her name is Mimi Marks. Sasha Colby, another former Miss Continental, good sister of mine. Um, like we, we really do. I feel like have like a, a strong bond. We see each other at preliminaries. We see each other at nationals every year. And I think there's a little bit more authentic friendships. You know, like real mm -hmm. sisterhood, uh, where drag race girls, some of them, they still they they're just as bad as the fans. Where you know they they talk to the girls that make the top five, that stay with the three. Um, you know, I can tell you a, a story really quick. Uh, when I was from my season, you know, there's a there's a club here that I actually work at now um, that I host their the drag race shooting party. So shout out to Roscoe. We you know, they had an event and they were going to do like top eight or something like that. And there were a couple of girls on the cast that were like, no, we need to have the full cast here. We can't do top eight. And there were two girls that flew in, Dax and, and Layla, and they decided not to invite me. And that's just, that comes to show that it, the sisterhood can be really, really, really fake. Um, and I, but now I'll tell you this. I showed up. I didn't need the. I, I didn't need the fucking invitation. I showed up because it, it was a couple of girls. The rest of the cast didn't know what was going on. They didn't know that they didn't invite you know Layla and that they didn't invite Dax. They did. They had no idea, you know. So I showed up and they were like, "Oh my god, hey!" And you know, it wasn't. It, it, whatever. It, it was what it was. But it just shows that they they fall into that toxic fandom that we have. Uh, that if you go home first or if you don't make the five that it makes you less of an entertainer or less talented or you're not a part of an in crowd or you're just not a part of the sisterhood um because some of these girls they do play into that they really do so the sisterhood with continental i feel like we're a little bit more real even when we don't like each other but drag race there's uh, there's a little bit of fakeness there and a little toxicity that that's the way it compares i i i, I have to say that to this day, being Miss Continental has been one of my most rewarding accomplishments, um, and I'm so proud of it. It's one of my proudest moments, um, even more so than, than Drag Race, where you have somebody just picking you to be on a show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they picked you. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. It's kind of luck of the draw, almost. You had said in a post, and I... Uh, you kind of went on a little bit about drag race and girls and kind of being your true authentic self. You said, just a little rant. If you see RuPaul's drag race girls not wearing titties, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't wear titties just because they're wearing wigs by vanity doesn't mean you should. If they're doing pastels, you don't have to do pastels. And you said, stop trying to be like her, be you. This was the most like, when I saw that, it was so eye-opening to me because I started thinking about 
anytime anybody is in any type of competition. It doesn't have to be drag. It could be sports. It could be whatever. And when you see somebody else who is a competition, the first thing in your head is, if they're my competition and they're doing this, then I should do this as well. But at the end of the day, you're not experienced in that. You may not look great in that. You may, you know, just because they're doing it doesn't mean you have to do it. And I think when I saw that, it was so like eye-opening and it really did shine a light. I was like, you know, you just got to be your authentic self. Totally. And, you know, the thing about it is with with Drag Race right now, it's kind of like losing that authenticity um, with the queens because there's the queen that wants to be Violet. There's the queen that wants to be like Bianca or wants to be like Aquaria. And then we're not getting that authentic self. We don't know who these girls really are. Yeah, I just I think it's really important to like really try and be yourself and not do I mean I get it drag race is really really inspiring people to do drag and it's it's become it's become this phenomenon and everyone is trying to like replicate what they see and they're just losing themselves or they don't know who they are you know what I mean yeah and you had said you know drag race has kind of changed drag culture what was drag culture like for you in the scene before your time on and before kind of the drag race phenomenon happened to now? Like, is, was, is there a humongous difference between drag culture and the drag scene? Yeah, I think right now that drag race is like, it's, it's kind of like the standard. Like, everyone is really paying attention to what, the it girls or what these girls on drag race are doing and then they're developing their drag based on that when it shouldn't be that you know the drag queens we're the trendsetters we're the ones that decide to go against the grain and be our true authentic selves and then everybody else plays off of that people are forgetting that that's the whole point the point of drag was you know to color outside the lines and and to just be ourselves and and be different and that be okay but now it's like oh my god they all have pastel wigs on i need to get a pastel wig now and it's like i can literally come up with a box with a pastel uh finger wave wig a a corset some fishnet some see-through gloves with rhinestones a 301 lash and that's half the fucking girls in like WeHo or half the girls in, in Boys Town here in Chicago. And they all have those things. And it's like, girl, where is the, the authenticity? Like, really? Don't forget the Diego Montoya there, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, 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 I think they're, they're forgetting the whole, the whole point of, of the drag and, and why we do this. But yeah. Yeah. What would you say the most negative thing to come after you being on the show is? Did you experience any like either hate or not getting bookings because you did go home early? I I think I think I I'm blessed to say that I was able to work. I worked the whole time afterward. Um, I can't complain about work. Are there some places that I wish I would have been able to go um, and travel to that I? It just, it didn't work out, Yeah, but I don't worry about what I haven't gotten opposed to focusing on what I do have and the value of it and what it means to me. I don't want to focus on what I didn't get. I didn't get any hate. Um, I will say that. Um, I, I did get like some negative things or whatnot, but that just comes along with, you know, the territory, you know, it is what it is. I was ready for that. I, I think everyone gets it. But one thing that I got that I, even until today, like I still struggle with at times is, you know, when you go home first or even home at all, or don't make the five or top three or four, dismiss you as, as a talented person. They look at you like you're, you're less talented, you're less worthy. I have this nickname that someone called me Elimination Lopez. And it's stuck where people will, that's what they will refer to me as. And it's crazy because you can 
be Miss Continental, you can be on Drag Race, you can be talented, you can be beautiful, you can work hard, you can be booked, because I've always been booked. And they will only know me as Elimination. And that's what bothers me. And it's something that I've, I've struggled with because it's like, how do I get out of that box? You know, there was, there was a time that I was the top queen in the nation at this continental mm-hmm. where I'm booked all over to then now all I'm known as the girl that went home first or, or got eliminated from drag race. You, and, and it's crazy because you know who got eliminated more times than I did? Every bitch that's been on All Stars. So why am I known as Elimination? Every girl that's been on All Stars besides the winner has been eliminated more than I have. So let's 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 discuss that. So yeah, um, I'm much better about it now. But there was a time that I really really struggled really hard with it. I'm in a good place about it now. I'm I'm cool. That's good, and I'm I'm glad that you're getting back into the pageant world too, and you're doing Mr. Continental because that you know too shows that you didn't let it affect you too negatively. So. Right. Since this is an exposed podcast, I would like for you to expose one thing that happened that was not shown on camera. It could be something that was funny, something that was serious, something that just happened and you were like, oh my goodness, or just something that happened that the viewers may not have seen at home. I might have spoken about this before, but during the roller skating challenge, when I'm roller skating down the roller skating down the runway, so I actually know how to roller skate rather well. And um, they, we had a stunt guy there uh, on set who was just kind of guiding us and, you know, showing us like, hey, you can do this, you do that, blah, blah, blah. They gave us each like 15 minutes, I want to say, like a good 15 minutes each to go on the runway and like kind of practice what you wanted to do on the runway. So being that I know how to roller skate, I was like, let me, let me like try a couple things and see if I can pull this off, you know, so I can do something a little extra. So I try to do something and I fall. No big deal. I fall, I get up, whatever. Um, the sun guy comes and he like helps me up, whatever. We do the runway and I'm sure people know this by now, but we actually do the runway two times. You know, you do it twice. You do it one with music and you do it one while the judges are giving their critique, like doing all those little, like not critiques, you know, those little stupid sayings that they say. Um, so I did my two and I did my two like fierce and it just so happens that while we were rehearsing those 15 minutes, they were recording the whole time. So if you watch my runway, what they used was when I was rehearsing, not when I did my runway. So they actually show me falling. And that was not my runway. Yeah. Shook it. I am shook it. No, I just thought that you didn't know how to skate. Nope. I know how to skate. Oh my gosh. Exposing that editing. Yeah, even if you look at the, like, somewhat of the, of my runway, I mean, I'm, like, gliding across the stage. Like, all of a sudden, I, like, know how to skate for a second, and then I don't. Like, it's just, it's so weird. It's so weird. Um, But, yeah, that's, that's something. And I remember even doing press for it. They're like, so you fell on the runway. And then our publicist, we had a publicist that would kind of be like, you can't say that. You could say that. And I'm like, well, that wasn't my runway. And he's like. Fabian, you, you can't say that, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, so I saw blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so that's, that's one thing I guess that I can expose. Well, as our time is coming to a close, I do want to know what is, what is next for you? What, what's coming up the rest of this year? So, yeah, so, um, I am, I just started at Roscoe's, uh, not too long ago. So I'm really excited to be working with Roscoe's now. We're doing the viewing parties. We were just talking, getting, uh, the lineup together to bring all the all-star girls, kind of getting things back to normal at Roscoe's. So I'm doing the viewing party there. And then, um, like I said, I'm getting ready for Mr. Continental. Um, I'm training and rehearsing. I'm actually in LA next week because um, my dancers are coming from LA. So I'm rehearsing in LA. But um, Drag Over Awe, I, I was just, someone just asked me the other day, like, oh my God, would you do Austin? I'm like, no, totally. This is what's going to happen. What's going to happen is I'm going to win Mr. Continental. 
then Drag Race is going to go crazy at the fact that I won this male pageant. They're going to fucking call me and be like, hey, do you want to be on All Stars? So I'm going to call Cameron Michaels. So we're going to be like these two muscle queens. And then we're going to go into it like if we knew each other and we're dating. And then we're going to start this whole thing. It's like, oh, my God, everybody against Nation Cameron because we're dating and we're the muscle queens. And we're just, so we're, I'm just going to come up with this whole scheme and whole story uh, for All Stars. That's the plan. I got to call Cameron and tell her all this, by the way. I, I actually approve that a lot. Like, I think that'd be pretty cool, like, to come in with the whole storyline before you're ready to go. <laughs> Just ready for it. I'm like, now try to break this narrative. Just try. And, and you should record all of the steps before, so then you're calling the first time you call Cameron, and then you make a whole blog about it after you were on. You're like, it was all a yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> when is the Mr. Continental pageant? How much longer do you have to prep? I have uh, June, July, and August. It's September, yeah, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend is oh, the awesome. contest. So I have uh, June, July, and August to, to finish getting ready. So it's getting there. I'm excited. Oh, well, Nasha, where are you on these socials? Twitter is at Nasha Lopez, just my name, N A Y S H A L O P E Z. And Instagram is the same, um, N A Y S H A L O P E Z. So, yeah, come give me a follow. Give a follow, end up looking at all those thirst traps, and wish Nasha all the best <laughs> luck in Mr. Continental. Until next time, I will see you guys later. I'm Joseph Shepard, and that is Nasha Lopez. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Exposed Dragged Out, brought to you by The Dip. I'm Joseph Shepard, your host. You can follow me on all things social at Joseph A. Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. You can also go to thedip.com slash RuPaul's Drag Race to read the full interview and head over to thedipwith2ps.com. That's thedipwith2ps.com. Use promo code EXPOSE for 50% off your membership. And be sure to check out other podcasts from The Dip, including Hot Off The Mess with Samantha Bush, the daily pop culture podcast, Pop Chaser, TV History Podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Real Housewives Podcast, The Slut Pick Podcast, and also I Am The Cute One, a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen podcast. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Expose yourself. Ooh.